Hey everybody, welcome to Why It Matters, the podcast for the dreamers and the driven who are changing the world their way. This is Luke Martiros, your host, and our guest today is Merlin Clark. With his wife, Merlin helps run Dog-Eared, a jewelry store that embodies the best version of a small business. They are a certified B Corporation, which is a special designation given to businesses that balance purpose and profit. Merlin is the driver of the Do Good Bus, an initiative that engages the local community in community service. His story starts several decades prior to founding Dog-Eared. At 20 years old, he was digging ditches for sewer pipes, and he knew that there was more to life for him. Merlin decided to take a leap of faith, quit his job, and he's never looked back. Before we listen to his story, everybody take a second to settle in, appreciate where you are, and take a deep breath with me. And now, off to the episode. And we are live. Merlin Clark, thank you for coming on to Why It Matters. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So to get started, I think it'd be great for the audience to hear a little bit about yourself and then what experiences led you to doing the work that you do today. So the answer to the second question, you know, there wasn't any real uh, that I was doing in my uh, 20s that led me anywhere to run a jewelry company that my wife and I have done for the last 30 years. But as fate would have it, uh, the circumstances led that way. So no formal training, really even no intention to uh, start or run a, a jewelry company but it's been a true blessing uh, for the for the 30 years that we, we have run it and the opportunities that we've had to reach, connect with people and bring joy, love, inspiration and hope into their lives has, has been uh, really a, a, a blessing and I'm very grateful that we've been able to uh, the, have this opportunity in this life. Um, so just for everyone in the audience can hear that right now, I'm, Merlin and I are talking, he's got a love cap on. And if you can't tell from this first little conversation, amazing guy, amazing person. Um, so what is the jewelry company? Could you tell me a little bit more about Dog-Eared? Yeah. Uh, so I guess we have to go back to uh, its roots, which is we, we started in, in 1991 and I was doing some graphic design work um, and I felt good about that. I, I think I had kind of at 25 had hit my groove. I was making a living being creative. Uh, previously, I had uh, installed x-ray systems in hospitals and worked in shrimp boats uh, in Key West, Florida and a plethora of other things. But 
uh, I knew that I was a creative person and I knew I liked working with people. And when things fell in place to, to start dog it, it felt right. So my wife really um, is the impetus and the founder, um, the engine, the creative behind Doggard. We've built an amazing life on my wife's aesthetic. Um, and she had got laid off from her job and her initial reaction was upset, but quickly realized um, by creating some products that we took to a local swap meet and started selling them, it, it sparked something for her where she could use her creative and it would be admired by others. Sorry, it's getting to be a long story, but that's the that's the start of it. We created some jewelry and at the swap meet and um, someone saw it and wanted to put it in their stores. And really, that was the launching pad. Could you touch on a little bit more about that transition that you went through from, I mean, working on a shrimp boat to to pursuing a creative endeavor? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who have itches to to do something. I had an itch a few months ago to start a podcast around the subject and here I am. And as you start rolling, you just keep rolling. And I think that for a lot of people, there's some type of barrier to starting something creative. Um, and so if you could touch on for yourself, what that process was like and how you transitioned from doing something that was more of a traditional job into something where you could add your own spice into it. Luke, we could go really deep here about taking Let's a leap of faith and the power of believing and, and maybe we will, but you know, it, it's happened a, a few times in my life and you know, these uh, audacious, scary steps are usually the, the steps that we need to take that will reveal the path ahead. Um, I, I've always felt the um, change happens on the other side of, of comfort. And if you're looking for a change in staying comfortable, it's, it's not congruent. So going back to working on the shrimp boat, you know, I, I was a young guy, probably 20 years old, and I was uh, running a backhoe, digging ditches on the side of the road to put in sewer lines. And I knew that this, there was more to life for me. So not that anything that happens now, but this is back around 1980. And uh, I just went hitchhiking and ended up in Key West and needed money. And I thought, hey, getting on a shrimp boat, I could do that. So that was my big, big leap there. I guess the the leap being getting off the backhoe and just saying, you know what, got to do something different. And then, you know, uh, fast forward a, a few years, um, you know, I'd left the shrimp boat and gone back to my hometown, Boston, and was working in the computer industry. Um, it was vibrant at the time, easy to get a job. Um, so... I've always felt a, a, a calling to go out west and um, maybe pursue a career in 
psychology or something creative. So I did, that was my next leap. I jumped in my car and, and went and really ended up uh, in Los Angeles, driving like I was still in Boston. I told him my <laughs> car in Los Angeles oh, and, and was out of money and uh, I didn't have a car. So I didn't have a lot of choice, but uh, again, fate weighed in and I landed where I was uh, supposed to be. And uh, you just started working in electronics and computers. But as I mentioned, I, I wanted to do something creatively. So I walked that job. I just, um, yeah, 25, didn't know where I was going, but I knew I wanted to do something creative. So took some classes in advertising and graphic design. And, and that really, this goes back to your first question that you asked me 10 minutes ago. Um, but the, the stepping stone is what led me bringing in my understanding knowledge about graphic design, marketing and advertising was a, was a nice cornerstone to put into, to dog it as we, um, as we started growing our company. I've had a few of those moments, those leap of faith moments. And I definitely feel like it's just comes down to a matter of taking the leap and it, it doesn't really matter where you end up because you're going to end up somewhere where you were not expecting. It's just a matter of, like I said, taking that leap. And then once you do, you're going to find something that's going to lead you to the next thing and the next thing. And before you know, you're like, Oh my God, how, how did I get here? Um, but in regards to taking that leap of faith, do you feel like how much of it comes down to self-belief? Uh, <laughs> right around a hundred percent. You know, yeah. it's, um, Hey, you'll always have that little chatter in your mind. I'm 61 and I still try to quiet the chatter in my meditations in the, the mornings. So I don't know if it, if it ever goes away, I guess the more you do, uh, the more you experience, the more you realize that, Hey, I've made that leap and look, I'm okay. You know, I yeah. I'm still standing. <laughs> you survive. Know, yeah. It's going to be okay. My hitchhiking stories, and there were many, but the aggregate of the, the stories was it gave me the confidence that I could go anywhere. Something I still have today, pretty stable in my life, but I have the confidence of knowing that I can go anywhere and, and survive. And that's what being on the road taught me. There's a lot of comfort in knowing that, Hey, I'm going to be okay. No matter what. Yeah, definitely. And could you go a little bit deeper into the meditation aspect of what you're talking about? Because for me, I, I'm not a huge meditation geek or anything, but I do find the value in it. Um, just taking some time throughout your day to take a second and breathe and just be and collect your thoughts. And I think that clarity that you collect when you're meditating allows you to just be a calmer, better person throughout the rest of your day um, and just act more like appropriately almost and just do the things that you should be doing so could you talk about how that's been for you in, in terms of your meditation practice and like what it provides for you? 
Yeah, and I'm I'm fighting off saying I'm good at it or bad at it because I don't believe that you're either. If you're doing it, if you're meditating, whatever your meditation is, um, whatever stillness or level of stillness you found, I think it, it's a good thing. It's you having a moment to have introspect, take a look at how you are, how you compare to where you were a, a year ago. And then really clearing your mind to allow new thoughts, new ideas, you know, other worldly contributions from whether it's spirit guides, ancestors, gods or angels, you know, you, you've created that space, that opportunity for it to come in. I've had amazing meditations and I've also sat for 45 minutes and like just couldn't get to a, a, a quiet space, but it's, it's like everything. The more you do, um, the more comfortable you are with it. Definitely. Um, and I, I really am passionate about this and would love to keep going down, but to bring it back to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to talk about the B corporation. So you guys are a B corporation. Um, and I don't know how many people listening know what that means. So if you could talk about what it means to be a B corporation, um, in, in specifically in regards to dog-eared and how that impacts your business. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll give you some general insight into B corporations and these numbers aren't exact and um, maybe a year or two old, but really only 7% of the public recognize the uh, B Corp uh, logo. And then it goes down to 3% of consumers uh, who know that the B is a good thing. It's, it's, uh, and then 1% actually understand that B stands for beneficial and know that a, a company that is uh, certified as a B Corp takes good care of their employees, our environmental stewards, and give back to society. They, they don't use just for profit as their only barometer for success. So that's my little B Corp thing. Okay. And you so, asked about dog eared and yeah, yeah. that's a great, that's a great definite, great definition and great context. So yeah, if you could just touch on how dog eared is like you just said, like a steward um, for your employees and the environment, especially if you could touch on the environmental aspect of a jewelry business, because I don't know how many people listening know, but, there's been a lot of human rights issues around jewelry um, and how it's mined and how those people who are mining are treated. And so if you could talk about, just touch on that too. Yeah. I'm not a wealth of information on conflict diamonds and a lot of the gems that I, I think you're alluding to. So I'll just speak about what I know and a, as a company, there's many junctures where we have opportunities to do better and to be respectful of the environment and, and how we, we source. And 
there, you can always do better. You can always do more. So it's finding the right balance of what you're able to do. Being a B Corp, they have really good guardrails, parameters, guidelines. So if you're doing this, you know that that's, that's probably good. And you could spend a whole lot of time lost in research and then really even spin your head around with information and misinformation about what really is good. So grateful for being part of the B Corp community and um, understanding that doing this, not doing that is, is probably good. And that spills over into more than just the sustainability, but being a good community partner, as well as um, initiatives within the company that benefit the company as well as the employees as well. Definitely. And speaking of those initiatives, the reason why we originally got in touch was because I was, I was actually reading a newsletter by the Nantucket project and you were featured or your company organization was featured on the top of it. It said the do good bus. And I was like, what is that? And so I ended up looking into it and reaching out. Um, and so like you mentioned, you guys are a B Corp, a beneficial corporation. So one of your initiatives to, to create benefits for people outside of yourself is this do good bus. So what is the bus and why did you create it? Oh, Luke, I'm so glad we went there. So a, you know, uh, love right back to the Nantucket project. I mean, they've been good friends for a, a couple years and, um, I've always looked to them with admiration and respect for what they're doing and, and certainly um, look for our paths to uh, cross, meet up, join, and just add to the good that we're both doing in, in the future. Um, so I didn't start the Do Good Bus. It started in 2011 and uh, by a friend of mine who really wanted to do something to celebrate her birthday, but didn't want to go to a bar or a nightclub. And so her and a few friends rented a van and they went out and built a gorilla garden and they had so much fun celebrated uh, afterwards that another one that was with them wanted to do it for her birthday. And really the do good bus was born as a company. We've supported the do good bus right from the beginning. And I've been on the board of directors, uh, as a founding board member. And then the opportunity came where uh, the founder wanted to raise a family and just couldn't strike the right balance of growing, running a grassroots organization and raising a family. And after 27, 28 years in the jewelry business, I was looking for something that I could go deeper in and making connection and having real impact. And so it was, it was meant to be again, kind of back to our, one of our original questions, it was nothing that I ever could have planned, but um, fate would, would lead me here. And uh, again, it, it's been a, a true blessing. It's my honor to drive the do good bus and, and all the, the good that we do in, in connecting people, business, and, and community. And last year, or actually two years ago, we'll 
kind of skip over the pandemic pause. But uh, two years ago, I started the Discuss Bus, which brings thought leaders together. And we have necessary conversations with intimate groups of people and people, Luke, they want to connect. We talked about this earlier. Um, people want to be, have this emotional connection. They want to look into each other's eyes and, and, and bond. And, and this is what the discuss bus does. We, uh, bring a thought leader together with a group of 10, 12 people. And we have amazing discussion for 50 minutes and, and then move on to, uh, next thought leader and next conversation. We're just starting these up again, post pandemic and doing open air discuss buses. We pull out a dozen lawn chairs and park our VW bus on the lawn of a, a business or outside a farmer's market or a shopping district convention. And it's fun to be back doing this. So could you give me the difference between the do good bus and the discuss bus and the discuss bus sounds like a place for people to come together and have conversations. I'd love to get a little bit more into that. Um, but so the good do bus, if you could just give a description of like what, so if I'm in, you're in Malibu, if I was in Malibu and I was got heard about the do good bus, what would be my experience of going on it? Yeah. And Luke, I, I get it. You know, like two different buses, two names that are, are, yeah. are close. <laughs> so uh, I'll break it right down for you. So the Do Good Bus, which has been around since 2011, and your experience with it would be you'd jump on the bus on a community ride, and we also do it for corporations with Tom's or AT&T or Hulu and Disney. And we'll pick up 25 people, 30 people, we'll jump on the bus, you don't know where we're going, but you know, we're going to do something good. And on the ride there, we're having some fun doing some icebreakers. You put your phone away and you're connecting with people around you. 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, we'll show up at a no kill animal shelter. We'll go to a downtown woman's center. We'll go to a veteran's home, uh, do a beautification at a park and we'll be in service for three or four hours. We'll take a break and have lunch and the director will come out and talk to us about the impact that we're making uh, there and how people can get further involved. We'll go back, we'll work a little bit and then jump back on the bus and celebrate that we've made new friends, we've done good, um, giving back to society. And it's, it's the coolest thing to return everyone gets off the bus and they don't want to leave. They want to stay in the moment because they've, they've had fun. They've been purposeful and they've made friends who, who would want to leave that Nobody. for us. Yeah. For us it, in this pandemic pause has been a good learning. It's like, yeah, people don't want to leave it. And now people really expect a virtual online component to every live event. So, that's one of the big initiatives is, that we're working on for the Dugu bus, as well as the uh, discuss bus, the continuity, so people can stay connected afterwards. 
So that's the Duguid bus. Did you get it? Got it. Got it. Locked okay, in. Good. All right. And so, um, just to follow up to that quick, um, I feel like there's a lot of people who, especially after you just mentioned this pause, this pause we've had is forced all of us to connect uh, in ways that we've never been forced to connect before. Like we're doing right now, this is a, a Zoom interview where it would be ideal if I could fly out to you, you could fly out to me, do this in person. But while we can't do that, I think there's something really powerful around people coming together and coming together to, to do good because it, it creates this like energy that's bigger than you, the group. It's just when you're doing something purposeful, it's really meaningful. Um, but I think one thing that would be really important to touch on and something that I feel that a lot of the stigma around doing good, social impact, B corporations comes along with the idea that you can't make money doing that. And you guys are proving people wrong. And so I would love to talk about how you as a company balance initiatives that are beneficial for the community while also being a business. Yeah, you know, it's an old stigma. Too bad it, it takes long to take so long for it to die. And I think there's so much evidence of why that mindset should die. And I, I, I can't reel off statistics, but I see them all the time because this is the world that I, I play in. And there's there's plenty that show that purposeful businesses outperform businesses that are really just uh, focused on profit uh, much, much better. Um, and I think you alluded to the fact, you know, during the, our pandemic pause, so many people had jumped off the hamster wheel and taken a look at, okay, do I just want to get back on again when we are able to come back together? Or maybe there is something different out there and being purposeful and, you know, I'm not telling you anything new that, you know, recently uh, graduating college and I'm sure a, a lot of your studies had uh, leaned this way, but having, being purposeful at work, having a, a job where you can make a difference is, is for a majority of uh, students entering the workforce, one of their highest priorities. Yeah, it's, it's a surprising thing that a lot of people are starting to feel now is prioritizing yourself, your well-being, and what you feel throughout the day compared to the external benefits that you get from what you do during the day. And I'm, I'm really happy that it's a trend because it just means that people that are in my generation are just going to be doing things that they want to do more, that reflect more about themselves. Um, so it's great to just, you know, kind of be in the mix of that and be able to talk to people like yourself who are not in my generation, but are paving their own paths and, and doing things like the do good bus and the discuss bus. Um, so to wrap up, I do have a question that I would like to ask you. And well, one of them is what can people do that are listening? How can they help you if they can at all? 
Oh, well, thank you um, for thinking of uh, me and the Do Good Bus and the Discuss Bus like that. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, the simplest thing is to follow us. We're like everyone else coming out of the pandemic and just sorry for the bad pun, but just getting our wheels back, you know, we're just mm. <laughs> um, taking a look at our, our path forward. And, you know, we, there's a lot of people that are interested in resuming doing rides and, and coming together. Um, but, you know, we, we've got a, another wave of COVID happening here in Los Angeles. So, Hey, we, of course we want to be, smart and not put anyone in harm's way so um we just uh, we're being mindful of that and as we navigate this you know take a look at our, our social and we'll be talking about when we're coming back and and how we're coming back you know like i mentioned what we can do now we can have open air discussions and so we take our 71 vw bus and park it and, and just get together and have these these great conversations outside um, where people typically feel comfortable and uh, um, we, we I guess we've quickly become a transformation bus rather than a, a transportation bus and that feels good too so I love I love that I feel like it's the perfect way to wrap up um, and so Amazing. If you're ever in Malibu, do good bus, dog ear jewelry, make sure to hit them up. Merlin, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, I really enjoyed our time. Thank you, Luke. Be well. And that wraps up today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, follow us on LinkedIn at Why It Matters and on Instagram at Why underscore it underscore matters underscore. You will find our community of guests and listeners who are forming the next generation of changemakers. Come join the group of people leading humanity into the future. I'll see you all soon.